0: Welcome to the Revital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval, and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! Hello everyone, this was such a fun podcast with Kimmy Inch and Kimmy and I talk Conscious Kink to empower you and lead you to self-knowledge and healing. So kink expert Kimmy Inch, and as she's also known as, Mistress Nina Payne, has been involved in the Kink Lifestyles professional dominatrix since 2002. In 2006, she was hired by New York's Top Dungeons to develop training programs for their new employees. This eventually led her to start her educational company in 2008 called Dummy Dolls. Through Dummy Dolls, she was able to bring her kinky lesson plans to mainstream by holding public workshops as a way to teach and empower curious individuals and couples on how to enhance their sex lives through kink and fantasy exploration. Alongside her classes, Kimmy also holds somatic therapy sessions focused around intimacy, relationship help and sexual healing. Kimmy Inch has lectured at Princeton University and has been featured in several media outlets like The Wall Street Journal, Cosmo Magazine, New York Post and Business Insider. She has also made numerous television appearances, having been featured on ABC's 2020, ABC's Nightline, The Own Networks, Our America with Lisa Ling, TMZ Live and IB Times TV. So you can check her out on YouTube. Uh, Dommy Dolls, also on Instagram, Kimmy Inch and Dommy Dolls on Instagram. We hope you'll enjoy. Hey,
1: Kimmy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, I really appreciate your time. And we're going to be talking about conscious kink um, and for self-empowerment, relationships, and healing. And I have known you for some time now. but I yes. share in London um right. and I've always been fascinated about what you do and learning more about it and I've never really dived too deep into what you do because there's so many aspects of it that you you um take on I guess and mm-hmm. even um aspects of your life that we'll go through in a minute that you've done so many different things across the board which is just equally as fascinating but um so today we're going to focus on more of that but we're going to talk a lot about um, kink and we're also going to talk about how that is relation to empowerment for ourselves and with our partners and our relationships and I really like the way and I watched just your, um, your YouTube video on conscious kink which is amazing and Thank I really you. love the way that you bring it together um, for people and it's a really completely different look on what people would think as a dominatrix um, mm. so give us a little bit about a background about you um, and yeah. even how you got into it. Um, Okay. That you're going with it at the
2: moment and what you're doing at the moment. All right, buckle up. We're going to take off right now. Um, So, so, um, I was introduced to the kink scene in Japan. Um, I used to be a DJ and I lived in Japan in the early 2000s. And while I was DJing there, at that time, it was still sort of a novelty to be a female DJ. And also being this tall, blonde American girl, that was also a bit of a novelty in Japan as well. So I somehow fell into uh, meeting promoters that did these fetish parties, and that was my introduction to kink. And before then, I had no idea really what it was about so much. You know, I had seen a lot of different TV shows and movies, and all of it seemed kind of freaky and weird. So I wasn't like super, sure if this was going to be for me but when I started DJing at these parties I met just incredible like warm open uh, like friendly people and I was just sort of dazzled by it all you know everyone's dressed up in these really interesting crazy costumes from like latex to leather to lace and all of these sort of things so visually I was completely stunned but like I said before when I started meeting people and trying to understand what it was about kink that interested in them, um, I was sort of captivated. And while I was living there, I met professional dominatrixes that were living in Japan from all over the world. Um, I became friends with them and they asked me if I'd be interested in checking out their sessions. And I was like, absolutely curious. So um, they had these clients that would pay extra to have people, like girls come in and watch the session. So I would just be like in my regular street clothes, sitting in the corner, watching their session and getting paid. Um, so like in my early twenties, I was like, cha-ching, you know, but I <laughs> think that really drew me to it because it was just fascinating. I mean, I would have done this for free. Um, it was so fascinating to see this dynamic being played out in front of me, all these different sort of, role play scenarios um, and these different sort of kinky activities that they would engage in. I was just like, you know, so interested in learning more about it. And when I finally decided to try being a dominatrix myself, I felt like, you know, at the time, this is a job that I can do, get really paid highly for. I don't have to take off my clothes. I don't have to engage in any sexual sort of um, interaction with anyone. Um and i'm treated like a queen. I mean, sign me up like i I, I love <laughs> all of the, those things. Check, check, check so yeah so so starting to do the dominatrix work and meeting these different men that you know sometimes they wanted to be controlled or sometimes they wanted to um engage in this sort of like interesting role play or you know they they, they had all these different types of ideas of things they wanted to try, and it was my job as a dominatrix, not to be the demanding bitch, not to be the taker, not to be anything, but the person who was holding space for this fantasy and also to be guiding the experience. So it was done effectively and it was done safely. So it was a completely different ideal than what I thought that world was about. You know, I thought it was a bunch of weirdos, you know, hurting each other and um you know that all needed to see psychiatrists or something and and when i actually decided to dive in myself i saw i don't know just how um incredibly bonding and deep and intimate this sort of play was um so you know that was sort of the beginning of my experience as a dominatrix um eventually i was doing this all over the world and learning from you know really well-trained dominatrixes and and doms and masters and all that and just kept learning more and more. And so when I finally went back to New York City, where I'm from, I started working there and I also started teaching there. I started teaching women who wanted to become dominatrixes at the different dungeons in the city. So I would develop these like sort of courses that they would have to go through in order to start working at that dungeon. So we would do like these five-day courses of learning how to do bondage and learning how to do impact play and learning how to do everything from how to dress to how to talk, you know? So I was doing these classes and eventually uh, people were interested in having these classes brought to the public. So I was teaching all types of people from couples to bachelorette parties to, you know different you know types of uh, venues um and i i just saw that when people feel like they're in a place where they can explore and not be judged and can find the joy in that a lot of magic can happen so um you know from being a teacher i wanted to dive deeper and that's when i became a somatic therapist and went back to school and studied, um, which is sort of a combination between talk therapy and body psychotherapy and energy work. And it was just sort of like this um, draw of like, how can I bring this more to the world in a way than, that can help heal and empower other people? So anyway, I feel like I've been like, but that's basically yeah, um, the short version of kind of how I got to where I am today, essentially.
1: That's Kimmy in a nutshell. <laughs> all Pretty of it much. is fascinating. I, 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 I love yeah. all of it. And what I love is the stigma that you, well, but there's still a stigma around um, it, it with a lot of people because they're not aware or not um, educators surrounding what it actually is. And like you said, mm-hmm. when you first went into it, it is actually completely different to when you, what you thought from standing on the outside of it was and what I absolutely love about what you do is that it does bring empowerment, creativity, just that, that extra um, outlet for, for women, for men, and for them to actually um, feel different, but also um, see a different side of themselves. And, and I think that's so powerful. And now the somatic therapy, oh my gosh,
3: <laughs>
1: this is, it's so cool. So Thank tell me God. a little bit about um, conscious kink and how you explain that to people um, and what you would describe mm-hmm. that as.
2: Yeah, so conscious kink, there's a difference between just regular kink and conscious kink. And mm-hmm. there are the, a lot of similar activities, just like you would find when people engage in you know, sort of kinky play. And I like to sort of specify that. We call it play for a reason. It's supposed to be fun. But with this added element of consciousness, you know, it's the idea of approaching that sort of scenario in a very mindful um, way with awareness and intention. So, in order to begin a conscious kink session, it's a little different because sometimes in any kink session, you have to sort of negotiate and understand people's limits and interests, and all that sort of stuff goes um, without saying. But part of conscious kink is about slowing things down. It's not just about engaging in these activities. It's about digging deep. So using kinky activities as a tool to sort of, I don't know, like peel off the layers and have a better understanding of why you have the desires you have. And with that information, there's hopes that you can Get rid of any sort of sexual shame, and you can feel more empowerment, more flow, more ease, uh, more connection with your partner, because when you engage and play with that mindful, conscious, heart-centered way, you create more opportunity for real intimacy, for real vulnerability, for real connection. Mm -hmm. Um, And the idea of engaging in kinky play has to have all these sort of parameters explored first with the, the safe word, right? And um, being clear on what is and is not okay. But with mm-hmm. conscious kink, it's about, you know, for example, if I have a conscious kink session, I, I'll start things off with eye gazing. I'll start things off with deep breathing exercises. I'll start things off with setting an intention, right? So you're approaching the same sort of play in a way that feels more whole bodied. It's not genital focused, it's not head focused. Mm-hmm. And it's about you know, bringing all parts of yourself into it um, to create an experience that hopefully you'll grow from and, and feel good about.
1: Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Why don't we cool. have you in Australia? You need to <laughs> do classes
2: for us. <laughs> I know. We need to make up teleportation already because I love <laughs> Australia. I'd love to come in and, and, and teach again there. So, yeah, I, I'll definitely keep that in, in the schedule ahead. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And um, what I've been finding is that, you know, just being a dominatrix in general, I have, after I sort of grew into it more and started going deeper with it, I did start to see the importance that I had with the clients that would come and see me, the men, the women, the couples, you know, they come in this very vulnerable place. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or if you're a garbage man, it doesn't matter. Like when you approach the idea of sex, that's pretty much our most vulnerable place Hmm. for a lot of people. So everyone sort of comes in on the same level and they all have the, the fears, the insecurities, And all of the hesitations that come with sex because not many of us really were raised in households that sex was easily talked about or understood or explored So because uh, most of us have that sort of background as I'm sure you're aware There's so much shame and and Mm -hmm. stuff attached to it so when people would come and see me just for a regular kink session, I would really honor that person for taking a chance to be them their vulnerable selves, to take a break from the roles that they feel like they have to maintain and to sort of like explore a, another side of themselves that doesn't get a lot of light, you know? So I felt like more of a, you know, um, holding space for that person as a guide. Um, I, I, I have a sort of way of interacting with people that want to play with me. You know, we, we talk about what our interests are and if we're compatible, we go ahead and move forward but it's never me just being like i want to do this to you and do that to you like it, I, that's not what i do <laughs> you know what i mean so um my job is to to be the guide and to, to be the one that holds space and to make sure that they stay safe um and, and i take that job really seriously actually um so yeah so i i feel like it was a natural course to sort of see how i could find ways of bringing uh more of that healing and more of that empowerment into the work uh, later on. But yeah, I mean, play is very, very um sacred work. So yeah, I appreciate it, yeah, very much.
1: We need more of that in life, more play.
2: Yeah, you're it.
1: right. You're right. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah, we're too
2: serious all the time. It's true. You know, and it's interesting because like there are so many of these stigmas around kink. Like some people think kink is violence, right? Mm-hmm. Or Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I always say that you know these are um, adults. You know, adults that are consensually entering into an agreement to have an experience that's actually well structured and and well thought out ahead of time. It's not just like a you know bleh, you know kind of like situation. They, they you have to do a lot of planning. Um, and it's also not just sex either, you know what I mean? Like kink yeah. is not just sex either. It's it's so much more than that, I think. I mean, it's the definitely the emotional and the mental and the physical all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, kink can just be a tool that you can use for a lot of different things. And it doesn't even have to result in sex or climax or orgasm or any of that stuff, you know? It yeah. could just literally be a way to either um explore you know different facets of yourself or it can be a way to intensify the sexual experience if you want to do that with your partner. Um, yeah there's a, a lot of ways to look at kink but I like to think of it as a tool and it's just nice to have options at the end of the day, you know? So yeah. that's why I like it as well.
1: It's a toolbox, you know, Things yeah. to pull in different scenarios.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes you need a little rope here, maybe <laughs> you need a little paddle for this. I mean, you know, it's nice to have a toolbox. I'm like in my playroom right now. It's a it's a bit of a mess, but I have like toys you and
1: pull stuff, out some like, stuff. So we can see it on video hurt. in a minute. But can you can you tell me a little bit? So, firstly, yeah. there's, um, you know the movies and things like that, and BDSM is like a it's got a it's got a certain connotation to it because of those certain movies. So, um, you know. I guess, like, do you, do you agree with how it's portrayed in those sorts of environments? Or is it something that's completely different? Because, you know, obviously you're you're in it and a lot of people don't actually know exactly what, you know, with any profession, what it actually mm-hmm. means unless you're in it and you study it and you, you're experienced in it. So mm-hmm. firstly that, um, but then run us through a session and what might, might it look like in a Conscience King. So, yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, so as far as... Yeah, things that you see kink related in the media, whether it's on TV or in movies, unfortunately, doesn't tend to have a real true um, way of depicting what kink is. I mean, there's very, I can't really think of that many um, shows that are available that I think are like, oh, yeah, that's totally um, appropriate because so many of these movies and shows depict the person who's kinky as mentally unstable yes. or crazy or, you know, it even shows like, uh, 50 shades of gray, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate in some ways because there is a, like a little bit of it did help people to get more interested and feel a little bit more safe in exploring that. Mm -hmm. Um, however, with that being said, you know, it really does focus on the sensationalized, uh, aspects of kink and not really like that heart focused, um intimate like creativity side that we're talking about now so like even when 50 shades of gray first came out i would teach these book clubs uh you know they Mm -hmm. would read the book in their book club and then they would book a class with me and they'd sit down and i'd be like all right everybody now i'm going to tell you the real thing you know like (laughs) the the book and the the movies don't really show like a a, like a healthy true depiction of what kink is you know Um, So that's a shame. I hope that somebody, you know, comes up with more stuff. I mean, there are a lot of people in the kink scene that Mm. have written books, and and, and there's some really great literature out there. Um, But there hasn't been a lot made into TVs and movies. And I think that's because, you know, uh, I think we seem to want to focus on the sensationalized aspect of it and not really the true aspect of it. You know, who wants to see a movie about people like like healing and getting better? Like, you know, you want, you want like the crazy passion, wild, you know, that's what people want. So,
1: um, absolutely. But that's what I was drawn to. Um, the fact that that's how, that's how different it is. And it's so, so closely related to something like, um, spirituality or meditation or even just general healing that I see in my clients that are required you know women who come in who have no libido because they can't express themselves correctly or they feel that shameful because they actually are feeling sexual Um, or just the the inability to um, be able to talk to their partner about what Mm. they want or the ability for them to actually to, to be safely to express it because there's you know that they feel like they're not heard or you know there's so many aspects to it and I think that this is amazing what you're doing because of that marrying between the both and also giving people that toolkit and don't be ashamed like have your whip have your toy have your this have your that paddle you know whatever just know how to use it properly and know how to communicate it properly so Mm. uh, i think it's amazing what you're doing
2: i love that you're working with people in that capacity you know because i feel like everybody has all these shoulds that they're supposed to operate in a certain way and and function in a certain way and I don't feel like there's a lot of um, self-forgiveness or just um, gentleness that we have for ourselves around that subject you know so I love what the work that you're doing as well I think it's so important because I think like the way you approach sex and like the way that you are in sex really ripples out to the rest of your life. I mean, uh, our sexual energy is our life force energy and exactly. that arrows and all of that stuff. I mean, it's absolutely vital whether you're in a relationship or not. Right. Yeah. So like,
1: yeah. And how you important. express it to the world, you know, like how you, how you carry yourself is sexual energy and that's life force energy, like you say. And a lot of these women that I see come through the, and this is what brought me to it. The fact that I need, you know, as a naturopath myself, I look at all different aspects of health, you know, like the, the holistic, complete picture. And I see that there's stoppages. There was like breaks in women that, like you need to you need to get over this, or you need to actually heal this aspect of you. Because moving forward from this time with your heal with your your healing of your body, it's manifesting. Like you know you need to actually get through that. And how you get through that? Well, let me show you a podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: let me see this, and they're just looking at me like, "Oh, what do you mean I've got a yoni egg? Or what do you mean I need to paddle? Or <laughs>
2: Yay. I love that. I love that. That's wonderful. You need Very to take cool. into
1: consideration everything that's available to us in the world. So that's I think that's good.
3: wonderful.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love it. Yeah. So tell me, run me through a, a session of consciousness. Yeah. Like how does it start? How long it goes for? What you'd be looking at getting out of it? You know, even follow-ups and then even transformations that you've seen in people. That fascinates me.
2: Yeah. Sure. You know, so my conscious kink sessions, I would like to have a minimum of a two hour period with the person because uh, whether it's a new client or someone that I've seen before, it just takes a lot of time um, to go slow and to ease into everything. So something like, well, first I want to say, obviously, uh, no two sessions are the same, you know, everybody's different and the approach could be different. But this is a generalization Mm. of how it works is that, you know, the client would come in. uh, Again, you know, we would maybe start with a meditation, go into some maybe deep breathing in case we need to create some flow within the body. Mm. Um, Eye gazing, um, talking about what the intention is for that session. We always need to take some time to talk a little bit about what their goals are for this sort of encounter, like what sort of things are they bringing with them? Is there any sort of shame that they want to look at? Or is there any sort of dysfunction sexually that they want to look at? Um, Anything like that. So, you know, we go through those things. We go through uh, the limits as far as what's uh, okay and not okay to explore. And Finally, we establish the safe word in a nonverbal cue to make sure that, you know, they have a way of communicating during this experience.
3: Mm.
2: So After we go through that, I mean, that in itself can take anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending. Mm. Um, so we kind of start with those sort of things. And then once I have an idea of what to work on, that's how we sort of move into it. They sort of show up. Mm -hmm. as the one that's going to be on the receiving end and I'm there to kind of go through the different techniques with them. For example, somebody might be interested in exploring spanking and I love spanking because, um, it's like the physical act of making that sort of contact on the body can really bring them from their head into the rest of their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a great way of sort of, you know, kind of getting them into themselves a little bit. And, um, Aside from those sort of things, you know, whether we're exploring bondage and um, impact play or any sort of dominant, submissive sort of roles, it's because it's what's of interest to them. So, for example, I had a woman that came to see me and she had really enjoyed mostly sessions where she's totally dominated um, Mm. by men normally but she wanted to try the session with me so she likes being dominated by men in a really sort of like rough um, intense sort of way Um, not like in a loving sort of sense but like kind of one of those rougher sessions and she wasn't able to really understand why she wasn't getting fulfillment from these sessions and As we sort of went through these different activities that she usually likes to engage in, it was interesting because she had discovered that it wasn't even about the different bells and whistles that we could do. It wasn't about the spanking or getting tied up or or getting choked or, or any of those things what she craved more than anything was to have the total presence of her lover. Like she wanted to feel all of their attention and all of their energy and everything just focused on her because that wasn't something she ever got growing up, for example. So like as we're going through this process and she's physically, you know, experiencing this in a, in a new way with someone who's well-skilled, uh, you know, and like her, previous partners that didn't, you know, a lot of uh, partners don't always have the, the skill set to do these sort of mm-hmm. sessions. So when she's playing with me and I have all this skill and she's able to really kind of let go with me, she's starting to, to see how she's turned this need, this childhood need that was never really realized into a fantasy, into a kink, into something erotic that she's still trying to meet, but not like directly, right? Like in this weird sideways way, mm-hmm. So being able to bring that more into her consciousness, having her to have a physical experience of what that was like to not only have someone engage in these activities, but to whether we're just eye gazing and I'm just like holding her, she's feeling this need being met because she finally feels like she has someone's presence and somebody's um, you know full um, attention so like that's just an example of what a session could look like like uh, like i said before there's a lot of times that you know we have these childhood needs needs that were never met growing up that we somehow sexualized right and we found ways to sort of bring that into our fantasy life whether that means you're the one dominating or you're the one submitting or you're the one on top and in all the control or you're the one that wants to give up all the control all of that usually stems from childhood so Bringing that to the surface just gives them choice and a better understanding of how they want to move forward in their future sexual relationships or their intimate relationships anyway, even if it's not
1: sexual. So Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. so fascinating how you yeah. can really dive deep and use that as a tool to, to, to get, like you say, that somatic therapy. It's really that that body, mind, um, plus a, a therapy role in helping people heal from pasting, past traumas, I guess, as such, or things that they were not treated in, the, in yeah. the way they wanted to be treated.
2: Unlike a regular session where, you know, you're just kind of going through the different sort of, you know, um, activities and things that they enjoy, like in this conscious king session, you're, you're trying different things, and then you're taking pause, then you're having some stillness, you're checking in, like, you know, having her sort of go into her body like what's happening physically like where does she feel the most energy does she feel uh numb anywhere does she feel overcharged anywhere and like really listening to the body and listening to the internal voice and seeing what's there so there's there's a different aspect between just regular play and this conscious kink play is again slowing down and allowing space for whatever arises to be sort of looked at and talked about and felt into um, so yeah it's hard to like describe exactly what a session could look like but I hope I'm mm-hmm. giving a little bit of an example
3: yeah. of
2: how it's different and and how that approaches um, there is no nudity in the sessions there's no sexual engagement in the sessions mm-hmm. um, you know it, it's done in a very sort of therapeutic way where you know there's a lot of safety um, there is some physical contact, but it's all again, negotiated and agreed upon in advance and limits are never crossed and boundaries are never stepped on, you know, mm. so that's really really important. And
0: as with any sort
2: of, pro- it's a process, like it takes time, you know, the more you do it, the deeper you go and the more you get out of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it sort of takes time at more than one session. Ideally, uh, I would hope that they could do it several times and, yep. and have that experience to go deep into it. Mm, super interesting
1: so do you ever get um i know with any profession profession as such you have boundaries in place so do you ever find that you get people really um connected to you in a way and i know you probably navigated this over the years where people are like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh she can give this to me like how do you navigate that have you ever had that connection where people just really connect to you and it's something that you have to draw the line with
2: yeah you know um you know, this is very sacred work. And I, I'm sure most healers can relate to this aspect, because I think it is all, all part of that same sort of realm of, you know, you're, you're in that space to help guide people to their own truths, their own inner truths, and they're being seen and held in a way that they've never felt before. And it's totally understandable that there's going to be some transparency there that they're going to want to attach in some way, because um, they have that safety. And yeah. it's clear to just have those boundaries, right? You know, have those clear boundaries around what this relationship is and what I'm able to offer and, that, and that's that, you know? So I think that's really clear to, I'm uh, sorry, really important to set up in the beginning and be very clear about it. And should those sort of things arise where, you know, just like any like therapist client situation can happen, you know, if there's any sort of um, confusion or uh, if there's not clarity around that, then it's important to, to talk about it and bring it out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone's feeling that way. Because again, we're dealing with the sexual energy. It's not something that we want to repress, that we want to shame, that we want to push away. We want to like have, uh, we want to have a safe environment so we can let it um, be expressed. So, yeah, so whether it was just working as a dominatrix or working as this conscious kink practitioner, um it's really important that I have these clear boundaries, and I just let people know continuously throughout our relationship that that's exactly what it is that I'm here to be in service to them
3: mm. and
2: and that's what this work is about, so that's all it could ever be for me on my end is just to be in service and to, to keep those boundaries um, clear, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing. So
1: yeah. Are, you, are you the only one, at like, conscious kink? Is that your thing? Is that, are you the only one doing I kink? wish.
2: I wish I could claim it, but <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah. You know what? Actually pretty popular, um, especially in Europe. Really?
1: Because
2: Europe wow. is just like, you know everything, I swear. Um, See,
1: I didn't know that. I thought, the, I thought you were the girl.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it's been around for a while. It's bigger in Europe for sure. Mm. So I can't claim it. It's just something that I learned about through my somatic therapy work and through my kink work that eventually, you know, I kind of came across this idea of the conscious kink, the sacred kink, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and, and how that's been bringing, uh, how that's been brought forward as a therapeutic modality or as a way to help heal others. So yeah, I can't say that I
3: invented it,
2: but I, I do, um, I feel so grateful that I was introduced to it. You know, when I started learning about somatic therapy, I, I wasn't at the time really sure if I was going to continue on with the kink stuff. I didn't know if that needed to be separate and now I just need to do this sort of somatic therapy work and leave the kink stuff behind. But you know, when I realized that I could sort of meld these two knowledges together and bring my whole self in, that like just changed everything for me. So um, yeah, you know, for me, really what it's, what's been the most challenging aspect of this is because it's so rewarding, it's so fulfilling, Mm. but it's also so new and a lot of people don't really understand what it is. So trying to bring it to the public I appreciate you so much Jody for having me on this podcast so I can have an opportunity to talk about it cuz you know I can do these sessions online or in person either way it's kind of better when you can do it in person right it but be, yeah. um, I- I can do it in a lot of different ways, but having platforms like your podcast and other ways to sort of talk about it is so appreciated. So people have the um, knowledge or they have the understanding that this even exists and that it can be beneficial to them and their relationship. I see couples as well as individuals. So yeah,
1: amazing. And the more people know about the correct knowledge around something, is important because then there's no misconceptions about anything, and they actually know what they're what they're looking for, and they can then pick up. Um, other informations or other other um, people that are not doing right you know or not doing it the right way so I think that's that's empowerment in itself as well um yeah oh now show me if you have you got anything there that you can show me and just run me through so firstly how do you pick out what people are interested in and not interested in like that fascinates me like how do you how do you navigate the fact that how are we going to play today like how what what do, what really gets one person and not doesn't doesn't interest another person, and then what yeah. are the ones what are the tools or the plays um, that you can use? So what's the scope of that? I guess.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so when I'm engaging with the client, you know, most people tend to have a sort of fantasy that they stick to. They might have several different fantasies, but there might be like one in particular particular that they keep repeating over and over or that has the most charge to it in some way that thrills them in some in some way shape or form so we sort of start with like what's the one what's the biggest one like what's the biggest fantasy that you have um you know and going into that description without any sort of um, hesitation or, or, any sort of like censorship, just like really like go into it. And then how can we explore that fantasy in a way that feels right for the both of us that works within the boundaries of this session and also can be beneficial to you. So like if somebody comes in and maybe they have a fetish of some sort, they might have a stocking fetish or a foot fetish, you know, a lot of people with these sort of fetishes have had them for years and years and years. They're well aware of it and they might be terrified to tell their partners about it because they don't want to feel like they're weird or that, you know, they're going to sort of scare off their partners in some way. So something as innocent and harmless as liking feet can bring a lot of fear into their, into their need for connection. So, you know, they might start there and um, doing things around, that fetish or that particular interest, easing into it, doing things really light and, and soft, and then checking in and seeing how that's going before doing anything too extreme. That's a good way of starting. If somebody's like really into impact play, they love the sensation of um, pain. And a lot of people are like, why would anybody like pain um, during sex? It doesn't really make sense. And it's not so much about the sensation of pain itself. It's like what the pain does for the person. You know, does it sort of excite them? Does it release endorphins? Does it increase their adrenaline? Um, you know, those sort of sensations can be like really thrilling for somebody. It can even shoot them off into a totally altered headspace where they're not even aware of time or space or anything. They're just so in the moment and in the flow. So you know, if they're interested in exploring spanking or impact play with me, you know, we'll start off really light and slow when doing that sort of play and seeing where it takes them and, and how it goes. But basically mm-hmm. I'm very clear on what I am okay to engage in and not okay to to gauge in. And if they're interested, whether it's a kinky session or a conscious kink session, if they're interested in something that I just will not do and it's absolutely vital for them, then I will try to make a a referral for them to see someone else who does do those um, sessions because there's no sense in me feeling uncomfortable or just Mm. engaging in something that I don't feel a, a total yes to. I wouldn't be, you know, presenting that role modeling for them so that they can see that, um, you know, that, that wouldn't work. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. basically we talk about our interests and sort of activities they've either engaged in already mm-hmm. or that they fantasize about. And then we kind of go back and forth. And I talk about, you know, how we could approach that. And if it's something I absolutely can't do, then I'm just very transparent and stuff about it. Like I told you earlier, no nudity, no sexual sort of exchange. I also don't deal with anything regarding fluids like I don't Mm -hmm. like spitting or like golden showers or anything like fluidy I I, that's not anything that I want to engage in it doesn't make me comfortable um or anything that breaks the skin whether it's a cut or whether it's just like doing something like caning someone so so much that they start to bleed like I I don't want to do anything that has any blood or fluids or any sort of permanent damage or leaves marks or anything of that nature. So, yeah. you know, we have to we have to be sure that we cover all of those bases. But um, I'm like, what do I have? I have like so many. <sighs> Come on. Me. For me. Show me. I know. I know. We'll, we'll
1: put this well, video I, up so then people can
2: see it on YouTube if they
1: want.
2: Yeah, but well, I was I was shooting a, a video about bondage today, and I you know this is sort of a fun playful video about engaging in bondage and how it sort of can um, create deeper intimacy with your partner because there's this huge aspect of vulnerability Mm. when you limit a person's ability to move, you know, like, and so many people have the fantasy around, you know, overpowering someone or being the one who's overpowered. It's a super common fantasy. So I was doing this YouTube video and talking a bit about, you know, how bringing that element into your playtime can create a lot of excitement. And again, like create a lot of deeper connection. So one of the things I was talking about is like things you have around your house, girl, like, Like (laughs) you do not need to go out and buy a bunch of expensive toys. Do not believe the hype. We have so (laughs) many things in our household that you probably could already just start using and playing with right away. Like, for example, you can use a scarf, Necktie, stockings, you know, you can use these sort of soft silky elements to create a sort of sensual um, light bondage scenario. Or you can do something like use zip ties, which a lot of people have, and you can get these zip ties. They're like, I don't know, um, five bucks for like a hundred of them. Put a couple of zip ties on and connect them together boom you have a, a little bondage toy there and just make sure you have your safety scissors so you can cut them <laughs> off afterwards. but um yeah like uh, exploring these different uh possibilities whether it's impact play bondage role play dirty talk Um, sensation play, all that sort of stuff. It can create a lot of different uh, results for people. So it's kind of good if you can just Mm -hmm. explore a few different things. You might even surprise yourself. You know, when you feel really safe with someone in a safe environment, you tend to be a little bit more adventurous. So, uh, well, yeah, they like to expand and and push the edge a little bit more each and every time.
1: Which is really cool. So a lot of people wouldn't even know um, that, think these sorts of things exist as in like you know how do I do that how do I talk dirty or how do I um what 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 are these things that we need at home to be able to do that and where you know what what are the rules surrounding that and and what's the um you know the way we initiate it and that's where you can you can help out and I think that's amazing so um in relation to what what about the um the the ropes yeah what was that called again the age The
2: So so it's rope bondage or you can say the Japanese term which is shibari which that's is a, yeah that's Japanese rope bondage right exactly because there's two sort of approaches to rope play cuz using yeah. rope as a restraint um, yeah. is just like anything like handcuffs or or whatever yeah. but when you're thinking about rope there's sort of two approaches it's like the western approach and the eastern approach right so the western approach usually is just about you know, uh, restraining somebody's ability to move, and the Eastern approach that the Japanese rope bondage we're talking about, that's more about the artistry, but the artistry of the process of restraining someone. So, if the Western is about the destination, then the Eastern is about the journey.
1: The journey, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, cool. yeah. So that's really cool. Like the process of getting someone in these different positions and the visual aspect of it and the, mm-hmm. the way that you can sort of manipulate someone's body by tying it in different ways. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful art form. Um, yeah, wow. So yeah, there's a lot to it. There is a lot to these different types of play for sure.
1: So fascinating. So what are mm-hmm. some other tools that you use in your sessions? And I know you mentioned um, what, where you've got um, paddles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got um, like it whips, is it?
2: Oh my gosh, girl, we got whips, we got paddles, we got props, oh my, we have so many things. Um, I'm I'm just thinking, I'm like, what else do we have? Um, you know, and then I was talking about things you have around the house, things that can heighten people's sensory experiences, mm. can either be adding sensations to the play or taking their senses away. Okay. Right. So that's what sensory play is essentially. So yeah, if you have like a sleeping mask. You throw that into the mix, you think it's so simple just to take someone's ability to see away, but you'd be surprised by what can be heightened because of that, right? Like mm-hmm. all the other senses get more sensitive. So like, you know, that sense of touch, the sense of smell, the taste, all these sort of things. So when you're engaging in play, it's really important to think about all of the senses, not just the touch, but everything. Um, Cause that's gonna create a really um, meaningful experience for you both. And then again, like I said, adding adding sort of textures, that could be wearing leather gloves, that could be using silks, that could be using a hairbrush. You know, you can mix between the sort of naughty and nice sort of sensations, between the sort of luxurious silky smooth things to uh, things that might feel a little bit rougher on the skin and that kind of just keeps somebody on their toes. Um, Different things you can use are, is like temperature play, for example. You can mm. do things that involve heat and involve cold, whether that's ice cubes, ice cream, if you want to, you know, get a little <laughs> sticky with your lover. Um, or heat uh, doesn't necessarily have to be straight up hot wax or anything. That is an aspect, but just adding hot liquids, um, whether you're drinking something hot and then performing oral sex or, you know, teasing erogenous zones on the body, that little element of heat can go a long way. Um, so I love kink. And you said it earlier, actually, Jody. there's such a creative aspect to it. Like
3: mm. really
2: sky's the limit. Like sometimes I just look around my house and I'm like, I could, I could use that okay. or something, you know, like <laughs> really, really. It's so true. It's so true. Like um, I've, I've definitely MacGyvered a lot of stuff and <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like I have really, used a lot of different things as play toys and like i said before you know you really don't have to buy these really incredibly expensive toys if you don't want to mm-hmm. and at the end of the day the best part is it's all about you and your connection and you have pretty much everything you need already on you like yeah. this is really all you need this is really all you need i'm telling you yeah. because anybody can spank somebody else anybody could tie somebody else up but if you can get into their heads you can really get into their hearts, that's really what makes people, you know, just lose themselves and, and, and it takes them on a journey that they've never experienced before. That's really what gets people off, whether it's emotionally or physically, you know, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what to keep in mind for anyone interested in, in playing that just bring it back to the, to the connection, bring it back to the connection with your partner. That's what really matters. All the other stuff is just bells and whistles and icing on the cake, you know, yeah amazing yeah. thank you yeah.
1: you feel it perfectly that was <laughs> so, cool. so cool i think a lot of people find it hard to get out of their head and, and remove that shame and so as soon as you start removing that the creativity comes about and and the brain can just um you know it, it's like when you look at uh, when you notice someone you start thinking about eyebrows all you look at is eyebrows once you start realizing that you know you can look, you can use anything in your home or you've got everything that you need and you just have that creative process just just yeah. you're more aware of it and it's that awareness that we need to bring out and then that that's where that sexual energy and that openness comes from i think oh, so yeah it's so cool it's so,
2: cool. so true. i agree i agree and i think also like when when you say that you know what else i think of is like trying to get away from being so goal oriented right yeah. where you're like this has to result in you having 20 orgasms or yeah. whatever it is like trying to get away from that and like and instead of setting a goal setting an intention for a deeper connection and better communication being present you know being in your heart whatever that looks like i i think that's so true that that helps play into you know creating that magical experience with your partner um and that's really what it's all about at the end of the day everything else is is just the extras you know
1: Mm. oh absolutely Mm. Mm. all right Kimmy I would love to chat with you again very soon and also um I wanted to um sort of link up some things that we can recommend other people to find more information about you and what you do um so can you give me a little bit of details about where to find you what Uh to look at in terms of courses and all that sort of thing
2: Great. Thank you, Jody. Yeah. Uh, so first things first, my professional website is www.domydolls.com. And um, if you're interested in learning more about my sessions, my classes, my trainings, again, I do this in person and virtually, just send me an email, kimmyinch at domydolls.com. It's K-I-M-I-I-N-C-H at domydolls.com. And then I have a YouTube channel. I have been building it. I have done like seven videos and they're gonna keep on coming. And they're all gonna be focused around not only technique, but exploration and empowerment and then a little bit of entertainment. I like to kind of keep things fun (laughs) as well. So I would love it if you check out my YouTube channel, that's just youtube.com slash Dommie Dolls, and you'll find all my, my videos there. And then for those that want to explore more in your neck of the woods, Australia, or wherever they may be, Life is a great place to find, finding different events and different community members. If you want to sort of spread your wings a little bit and, and learn more about your area, I would check out Life. Um, as well it's a great resource to learning more of kink if you want to do something more in person so
1: yeah awesome well i'll link all of that up on on the podcast notes oh. thank you so much I, I really appreciate your time and it was an absolute pleasure and um awesome. it was very interesting to talk to you and um we hope to do a, a part two down the track that would be fantastic
2: yes. I would love that. Let me know. Sign me up. I'm in, babe. I'm in. And next time I wanna see you in like a black cat suit with like I make like I wanna see your version of the empowered dominant woman. Like what's her name? What does she look like? I wanna see it. So let's let's have a play date. It will be fun, I
1: promise. Play date sounds amazing. I think I might sign (laughs) up for one of those anyway. I love and it. Listen, hopefully when I get to US I'll come and see you. Well we'll meet up and we can have a play date for sure.
2: That would be so fun. I would love that. All right. Yay. All right.
1: Exactly. So see you later.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at revital health as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops and speaking events. Find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.